Welcome to the New England Take from WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM Manchester, and nhtalkradio.com. Be sure to go to nhtalkradio.com to get all the back episodes of the show as well as all the rest of our awesome programming. And the New England Take is actually on Facebook, Twitter, and all your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to subscribe and like the show. Excited to have, finally, I've been trying to get him on for a long time, Rob Azevedo, a good friend of mine. He's a radio show host, a music promoter, a writer. Um, he's, he sells uh, medical goods to random people across the state, but that's unrelated to our conversation today. Welcome, Rob. Well, you don't want to talk welcome, AJ. You don't want to talk about walkers and commodes? Oh, you never know. <laughs> Maybe when Keen sends us some money first. No, gladly, all they want. Right, right, right. <laughs> So, uh, so you've been busy ever with uh, with everything for sure since you used to have a show here on WKXL that's now based out of uh, Manchester. And right. uh, what's the what's the frequency for that station? Uh, WMNH ninety five point three. So yep. great show down there. That's right. continuing on, which I'm so happy to see didn't didn't uh, break off uh, when you let when uh, unfortunately weren't able to continue here at KXL. Which right. Is very sad, but got me oh, doing I'm this great. show. <laughs> I had great years there. Got to meet you. We had uh, some fantastic acts come in and out of there. Shot some great videos, and yeah, I had a lot of good, great times there. So it looks like you're starting to have some shows begin to pop up again uh, as part of Granite State of Mind. It, it looks like there's a, an ongoing series at the book read that you're looking to kick off here, or kicked off a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I did some readings. I've had a couple uh, books of poetry that have come out over the last couple of years. And so I've gone down there. I've done some readings with some other writers and stuff and then got talking with the bookery. And they were interested in um, me bringing my show, doing a live broadcast in front of an audience. So the exact same show like we used to do, AJ, but with an audience. Um, so we I, we did, did great. So last month in March, this month, I guess. Um, well, three weeks ago, we did the first one with Joey Clark in his band. Uh, this is a really great musician out of where. And, you know, I'm driving down with my wife and I'm like, geez, Jewel, you know, I hope we get five people show up. It's always <laughs> a big concern. Nothing worse than a no show. Oh, it was like as big as you can get for a bookstore, you know, 20 plus people. Great crowd. Uh, I have a great sound man that came down and, uh, you know, did the whole deal. And the broadcast came out great. So we're doing that once a month for however long. And next, uh, in April 20th, we're doing Hunter. Hunter is a phenomenal female artist that we've had on the show before, me, me and you, AJ, up in uh, Concord. So she'll be there with her crew. And I like it. I like it a lot. It's great seeing these, these other venues out there, like bookstores and such, take up the local music acts. Like it's always been forever. You go to go to a local bar or something, or some random taco joint on the yeah. weekends, and they'll have a couple of shows. But it seems like the like the the colleges around the state are really trying to absorb more more of this culture that's that's in this in the uh in new hampshire and bookstores and even small businesses i, I mean it's been fantastic to see i mean are, are you seeing that too uh oh yeah you know i see just like like you're saying some burrito shops will have a performer there 100 percent breweries have put oh, yeah. uh so many of these musicians to work i mean which is such a beautiful thing um allowing them to do their own original works and then of course covers. Um, so yeah, breweries, uh, market days, farm stands, 
Um, you know, they, you know, artists will come to people's barns and play. It's, it's, they're not, there's no shortage of work for musicians out there. You got to be hungry and go get it though. Yeah. You got to find it. You got to network. And I, I saw that a lot that the musicians that are doing well know all the rest of the musicians in the area. And the ones that don't communicate with any of them are kind of on their own and always seem lost. Yes. Yes. You know, in New Hampshire, and I've said it for so many years, there is such a great real community of musicians, all for one, one for all. Now, I don't know in other regions of New England or around the country, I'm sure there are like that. Uh, but there are also places that are cutthroat, and I don't see that in New Hampshire. Uh, and if you're a musician that's like that is like that, you're probably not going to last too long, you know? Um but yeah, all, you know, I love when musicians collaborate together. Um, but yeah, again, there, there, there's not much shortage of work. And then there's other places like uh, New Hampshire Music Collective. I think a guy named Brad Myrick. You, have, you should be familiar with them. Oh yeah, I know Brad. Uh, another great guy to talk to. Um, he he's done it. He started a business just with like one or two artists because it's overwhelming for musicians not only to write music to uh, record music, uh, all of that. But then on top of it, you have to book your shows, emails. So that's the whole, uh, you know, a, a whole other aspect of the music business, which is exhausting. So when you have somebody like Brad in New Hampshire Collective uh, doing that for you, which he does, he does the booking, handles the money and all that, takes a slice themselves, uh, it really helps. Yeah, definitely. There's so many aspects to it. I mean, it's... I start starting this damn show. <laughs> you're starting yeah. a business when you're a musician. It, it, you got to do the branding. You got to do all the all the profiles. Something the music collective does a great job is, um, like every week they've got one or two posts that you can just see on Instagram yep. or Facebook or whatever. See the, these artists are gonna be at these shows. You see the recurring ones that are out on a regular basis. I always see Tim Kirsten on there, who I haven't met, oh, yeah. but his name always distracts the hell out of me. He's like, why is my name on there? Oh, it's not me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and and then getting into the recording side of it too he's been doing a lot of work getting musicians into the studio so they get some singles out there which is great yeah if you're a musician and you don't know where to start follow tim kirstead as a self-promoter because he is he's the hardest working self-promoter out there he's letting everybody know every day all day uh where he's playing and where others you know a guy like tim he's really supportive perfect example of all other musicians I mean, say Dusty Gray posts something on his website uh, on Facebook. Well, Tim will share that with his people. So that's a beautiful thing. Feed the algorithm. Feed the algorithm. It, it'll pay off for your page. So definitely sharing and, and liking other people's pages. Generally, if you're a musician out there listening, do that. It helps, and it gets you more yeah. listens for sure. Tell other people to, to share if they have some connections. It, it definitely will pay off for everyone, which is nice. I mean, you have the chance to speak to musicians on a regular basis, many musicians, all sorts of genres. Oh. I Coming out of COVID now, thank God, it looks like we're, we're knock on wood, going to be continuing down this route of just going back to business as usual and have a have a summer and that unfortunately will be impacted by gas prices and an ongoing conflict in Europe. But yep. at least with regards to restrictions at venues will be minimized, fortunately. I mean, do you feel like are you seeing the musicians really take a lot of lessons from what they experienced during COVID and how to do better in the digital age? Well, I've seen musicians since COVID started, I've seen 
the strong survive and I've seen others uh, get laid to waste. Um, you know, I've seen bands fold up that uh, ha- had been going for 10 years strong, you know, uh, Cat in the Hats folded up shop. Basically, it, you know, they were huge. They were a staple. Uh, in, they were a staple. Um, but they folded up shop pretty much, I think, due to COVID um, and in inactivity. Um, but, you know, Patrick landed on his feet. He's heading out to L.A. for a big gig that he got uh, to work in the music business. So I think he's going to no longer be a, a showman, but he's going to be a behind the scene type guy. Um, and. Yeah, you know, a lot of but then slowly, you know, there are some musicians out there that never slowed down, that never stopped during COVID. There's a group of musicians down in Manchester, a guy named Johnny Friday, Nick Ferraro, uh, Monica, the Graniteers, a slew of them that just kept playing. They said, OK, um, we can't play inside. We'll play outside. Give us a street corner. We'll play. So they entertain people all throughout that. So, again, you know, strong survived and um those that didn't have the legs for it, hold it up shop. Yeah, Nick Ferraro is a great example. I mean, he, he opened up a, a barber shop business at renting out a space at a location yep. down in Manchester. They've been constantly performing even at, at little places just off to the sides, uh, probably yep. uh, varying uh, levels of legality, which is awesome yep. for a punk band, which is awesome. And they've been oh, recording. Yeah. I mean, the Graniteers are definitely someone to, to follow going forward because they're, especially as summer comes around and they're able to really get out more um, as outdoor venues open up, which is probably helpful for a loud punk band <laughs> yeah it will be it will be interesting yeah they, they have a new cd coming out i know that and then they are going to be um after hunter and they are my featured artist down the bookery in may mm-hmm. so um yeah they're 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 really good i also think because covid allowed almost too much time for musicians to think about what am i doing yeah you know because you can easily do that as a musician in your 20s it's easy to dream you know what I mean? And, you know, you don't even see your 30s. But once you hit your 30s, I think there are musicians who are like, what am I doing? You know, I'm not playing the Boston Garden. And, um, you know, I'm not I'm not traveling. I don't have, you know, nationwide tours. Then they start to think, what am I in this for? You know, um, and you're either in it for the art of it. And whether you're playing to a room of people eating burritos or you're sitting down, uh, you know, people who paid good money for a ticket to come see you. Um, and so it was people had time to think and they started to make their own decisions and have babies and all that stuff. Yeah, that doesn't number to it. I've seen a few, oh, yeah. few instances of that over the last few years. Oh, oh yeah. I love I always see it. Now they're starting to come back. Some of those guys who we have had met in our 20s um, who ended up starting to have babies in their early 30s. Um, then they disappeared. And the only thing you can, uh, what I remember about those days and you, you know, it's all consuming, yeah. you know, it's really, it's all consuming. It's so time consuming to, to, to be out there finding gigs and performing like we talked about before. I mean, you, it's, I mean, I used, I had a motorcycle, I go out and rides and you feel guilty leaving your family for half a day through the evening or wife's right. home with a kid alone and can't go she do losing anything. losing her mind. Yeah. Exactly. It's, um, 
you, you got to find your your outlet of doing something. Like I'm extraordinarily fortunate. I'm, rec- I'm recording in my bedroom. Let's just put it oh, this you way. are. I've literally uh, my bed is right there. In the morning when I do the newscast for WKXL, I get out of my bed. I walk out. about six feet over here to my desk, and my wife somehow is able to sleep through ninety percent of me doing all all the stuff I do in the morning. No kidding. No, I thought you were up at the office in a back room somewhere. No, I, I managed to squeeze all my stuff over here. Although I, I was doing the recording in studio. It's just the, the same thing. It's time I to schedule and get people to go to the studio and uh, yeah. get people together to do it. It's just so hard. And here I've got my internet connection. I'm using Zoom for everything. The audio is fantastic. I've played around with yeah. live streaming. And uh, the tech side has been a bit of a bear to sort out. But the technology is like this close uh-huh. it's to really doing some some crazy things. I mean, you see gamers doing it. It's, it's just hard for me with uh, doing the interviews to have the technology work for everyone. Yeah, right. And thank God for Zoom. I mean, Zoom Zoom's just worth so much money now. I mean, they're they're going to be overtaking some of the largest uh, tech companies in the country. It's crazy. now when, now now there's a perfect company that benefited tenfold from COVID. You know mm. what I mean? Um, but yeah, man. Well, you know me and technology. We don't jive. So this is I got. Me setting this up to be talking to you is a pretty big deal. I'm impressed, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it, there's, just, there's just so many aspects of this stuff. I, I mean, an example of another band that seemed to, or group that seemed to do really well is Green Hair, and they yeah. they really took advantage of the, the live stream side of it. Scott yeah. especially really, I think, really knows the tech end of things and set up their live streams, and him and his wife, Betsy, 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 sorry, Betsy. I got to get them on this show, but they—they've been regular, regularly live streaming straight through a majority COVID. Get tip, tip, virtual tip jar, and have people pay a little bit of money if they're up for it, and. Yeah, it doesn't. The technology, if you're just one way live streaming out to Facebook, is is pretty minimal, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Green Heron, you know, they're still out there. They, they're, I, I think Betsy quit her. She, she was a very bright engineer too, but mm-hmm. they're full time. I, I think she, um, she left that and just, they're pursuing it full time. And she's a terrific artist too. Yeah. Scott is just, you know, wonderful person, phenomenal writer, great, great guitar player. I'm sure a phenomenal husband and a good friend. Yeah, it's it's great to see groups like that continue on. I mean, what have been some uh, some surprises coming out of COVID to to see or start to flourish coming out of it? Well, yeah, uh, there have been certain artists during COVID that I have seen like really improve. Um, I've heard really improve um, artists like um, uh, Dean Harlem, who you know, yeah. uh, Hollywood Dean. He um, he is down in Nashville chasing the dream. And I've heard some re- new recordings of him that he's working with people down there. And you could tell that his time in Nashville has really paid off. And it's really uh, done some really wonderful things to his uh, musicianship. Uh, a guy named, um, you know, I got to listen to a lot of new music. I discovered a lot of a lot of musicians. A guy named Paul Driscoll uh, out of the Peterborough area. Mm-hmm. Joey Clark, like I was mentioning, played down the bookery. There was a guy I'd never heard of. Um, and you know, you, you get to thinking, having had done so many shows with you, you know, you think you've <clears throat> have seen everybody, but you have, we just scratched the surface. You know what I mean? Um, so Joey Clark has been great. And then it's good to see guys like Dusty Gray, old staples, 
Um, he's out there. Uh, you know, he's back. He's back. He's, he's playing more regularly. And we're doing a thing together that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and then female artists, like we mentioned, Betsy um, out there. You know, there are some like Jasmine Mann I don't see too much of anymore. I miss her beautiful voice. Jen Witt, um, another beautiful voice out of Canterbury. I don't hear much of her, but I know she's doing some writing now. Um, but Hunter's coming up from the seacoast. Uh, Band-wise, you know, we've put on, I've got so bored over the wintertime, I'm like, tell my wife, I'm like, I, I got to put on a show. I don't yeah. have a show until yeah. April. Uh, this isn't going to work. So had to put on, we put on a Tom Petty show down at um, down at the Shaskeen a couple months ago, um, and it was a tribute show. And we had some phenomenal bands playing there. Another artist to look into is a guy named Todd Heron. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's been he on has, oh, oh, Todd has. Okay, yep. so he's great. And what a wonderful poet he is, too. Talk about, you know, multifaceted talents. That's that guy right there. Yeah, it, yeah that's been great. And if, if you... What about the venue side of it? Has it been very surprising to see the ones that made it through and are starting to get musicians back? If you go down to Manchester, they're packed. Yeah. From the bonfire to the Shoshkeen. Um, you know, they get the goat down there. Mm. Um, yeah, Manchester's operating at a level 10. Yeah, there's the, the, it's, it's business, business is wide open down there. No, it's I don't place really with housing. I mean, it, any new people that are coming to New Hampshire have to go to Manchester, and that's only going to help the art scene for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know, and then moving up here from Pembroke. I mean, moving up to Pembroke over the last six eight months from Manchester. I, I haven't spent too much time on down in Concord uh, on the main street down there, but I know they're putting on shows at. Panucci on the regular and then mm. Kirk McNeil's never stopped at area 23. Uh, he's got such a, what a family he built down there. What a, what a, what a subculture, what a family. Um, he's done some beautiful things for a lot of people down there. Yeah. Conquer crashes and beyond. Oh yeah, definitely. It's crazy. What area 23, like I remember when they opened going, it's like, Oh, what's this random little place across from the state prison <laughs> over there. Right. And, and it's totally Kirk's done an amazing job building a community. He does a great job online doing some live streams and saying, Hey, this is sort of stuff going on down here. And it, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's like a little home for so many musicians around this part of the state. Yeah. Yeah, I think the best move he made was get off Main Street and Concord. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, that's that's what I think the big I think that's one of the reasons for his success was because he chose that smokestack uh, area down there. Uh, it's it's their own thing. It's like their own little clubhouse down there. Um, so they do a really good thing. And then up, I, I, I don't know, I think Route 89, where they used to do a lot of shows, I think that slowed down a lot. Um I don't know too much about the seacoast, uh, but, you know, up in the Lakes region, those guys, uh, Jimmy Tyrell and that whole Paul Hubert and that whole crew up there, um, they they never stop. They just keep on going as well. Yeah, Mike Lawson on a few few weeks ago, and I mean, he is – every weekend he's playing somewhere. So, like, Alan's Bosquin and, and such – and all sorts of places up in Meredith have uh, – they're they're fully back. I mean, they're getting musicians in as often as they can. It seems like. Oh, oh yeah. 
All right, so we're going to be going into a quick break right here. You're listening to the New England Take and WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kearse, joined this week by Rob Azevedo, uh, host of Granite State of Mind, as well as you see Granite State of Mind shows out there. Definitely be sure to check that out. Check out Granite State of Mind on Facebook. Will you say that's the best place for people to check out what's going on? Yeah, just go to my website because I never update the Granite State of Mind page. <laughs> okay. What, what's no, just website? go to Facebook, my name. Okay, Rob Azevedo, A-Z-A-V-D-O. A-Z-E-V-E-D-O. Okay, but I typed it the other way, so we're going to go with whatever way I say. It's my show this time, Rob. (laughs) I love it. You're listening to the New England Take. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the New England Take and WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Be sure to check out nhtalkradio.com to get the back episodes of the show and and like and subscribe on Facebook, Twitter, your favorite podcast form. Really appreciate it. it. Definitely comment also. Those really help with people um, checking out the show and hitting the algorithm. Joined this week by Rob Azevedo, who's a radio show host and music promoter, writer, and he's now going to the second segment with him. We've been talking about the music culture in the state uh, in general and coming out of COVID-19, but I want to talk about your writing. You've been at it, especially. I mean, you released a book of poetry about uh, six months ago or something like that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. uh, A second book of poetry. I don't know how it happened, AJ. I hadn't written poetry for 30 years, and I think I only wrote 10 poems in my entire life. I think I took a class at Plymouth State uh, College where I went and wrote, I don't know, maybe eight poems. And then COVID hit and I find myself at home and I don't know what the hell happened. I know I just was out on the road working. I had this voice kicking around in my head and a few of these lines. I went home for lunch and I jotted these lines down and a poem came out of it. And I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty good. So i just kept writing. The, the voice never left. It was the strangest thing. And I just kept pumping out poems every single day. First thing in the morning, I'm writing poems. Um, and all of a sudden, I say, okay, you know, writing like music, it's great. You can be a guy who sits in your bedroom and writes it. You can send them to your aunt and grandparents and let your wife uh, read them. But eventually... You should get out there and put the stuff out there. So I sent like three to five poems to this website called Spartan Press. Mm-hmm. And um, I get an email. I said, hey, listen, I don't know if you post these, but, you know, would you consider them? You know, about a week later, I get a uh, message back just saying, hey, um, can you send me 80 more? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. I Let me just put call these together. Um, you know, both my way right through it um so i wrote i just started writing poems and sent them off and then about a month and a half later he gets back and he's like so i'm thinking february january i'm like what are you thinking february? he's like put your book put a book out i'm like get out of here so that one was called turning on the wasp um and then it didn't stop aj for another summer spring and fall i just kept writing poems it just didn't mm-hmm. leave me Sent them off to the same guy. He's like, let's do it again. And so my second book came out in January called uh, Don't Order the Calamari. And I feel like I'm, uh, I'm winding down a little bit on the poetry. I'm back into a little bit more writing columns because I write for the Manchester Inkling. Um, a column for them, which one ran today. 
Uh, I, you know, I publish still for Steve Leone up at the Concord Monitor every once in a while, which he's 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 really really good to me. Um, but yeah, if I'm not if I'm not writing like something, I you know put it very bluntly, I feel useless. I mm-hmm. feel unproductive. I I I feel like an asshole. You know what I mean? Like I'm not doing enough with my life with with this time that we have. Um, so it's very important to me to keep the, uh, keep, keep the train going. Um, because I have a great deal of fear of what do I do with myself? Cause it basically is, you know, my identity for my own now outside of being a father and a husband. And, um, so I, I, I love doing it and nothing gives me a, you know, nothing gets me off more than writing and getting a good, really good session. It also helps continuing to do it. I mean, if you slow down on it, it's it really stops your flow, and you get out of practice with it. It's it's you you might have accidentally just because you had a passion for it, just gotten better at it too because you continue doing it over such a long amount of time. I mean, um, and and your writing, like even your columns, have kind of a poetic feel to it. They're, yep. They they could be a little out there sometimes. You had one that just went out um, on the ink like on March. The, no, not the one on March 13th. The uh, on March 31st. You may be right. I may be crazy, but Maggie hears things that go bump in the night too, which is yeah. which is hilarious. And and I highly suggest people check it out. I'll I'll, I'll try to remember to link to it in the uh, podcast version of the show. And um, it, it's. Do you feel like your poetry and your article writing uh, influence each other? Yeah, hundred percent. If I'm not entertained, you know what I mean. If I if, if I'm putting a line down. And I want to put a little spit, a little shine on it. You know, I know what I'm doing. You know, I mean, I'm doing it on purpose Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, me, AJ, I don't talk that way. I'm not a very poetic person in speech. Um, I'm quite the opposite. Um, And, yeah, I'm doing it on purpose and I love it because, yeah, I do love to combine both both uh, uh, forms of uh, writing, the poetry and the long forms. So, yeah, you know, if the way I do it, I read the column throughout as I'm writing, and it, if I'm not entertained, that's it. It's going in the barrel. If I'm not feeling it, because you can do that. You you can sit down and write and be pumping out a bunch of crap. You know what I mean? And you know it's crap, but all you know a lot of things. But you but you want to put it out there because God, I need somebody to like me. I need somebody to like my thing, even if it's crap. Um, so I really try to avoid that. Um, as, a, as a filthy photographer that lives on Instagram and such, I totally understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's important. You know, especially, yeah. you know, back in the day before um, before the Internet, before which wasn't that long ago, I would do the same thing. I'd sit home, I'd write an article, I'd send it to a newspaper. You wouldn't even know, like, somebody would say, yeah, okay, we have this scheduled for, you know, May 30th on a Sunday to run. Well... It's March 1st, so you have to wait until the paper comes out. Then I would get in my car, drive and buy the Sunday paper just to see the byline. Um, Now it's just so much instant gratification and you get feedback from people who read it. Um, And, you know, that's important to me. I know if it's a well-read piece and I get some feedback, um, then I feel like I did my job. Yeah, I mean that that critique is very hard in the in the isolated pre-internet age. I, I mean, especially as someone that's 
I've lived in the digital age. I, this, yeah. My entire existence essentially has been with, with the internet. Uh, right. it's, I, I brought it up uh, on my interview discussion with Emory Timmons over at the New Hampshire Bulletin. Like, I, I was on Facebook in, in 2006 when they opened it up to everyone. It just so happened to be when I was going to be going into college. And it really changed – it really – it really improved my desire to go into radio and such because I was able to live stream it online. Say uh, to my parents back back home in Maine, hey, hey check it out. I'm going to be yeah. uh, being obnoxious on the radio for an hour. Once you listen in, my other friends at, at college, and that was really it was really important to to push it on on the live stream to say like, how can I improve? Like if I yeah. have another episode tomorrow, I said something horrible that I probably shouldn't have said. Yeah, well, that was a quicker improving of how you're how you work with whatever it is you're doing, whether it's an art or a podcast or uh, a news article or anything like that. Right. No, I I, I agree. Um, same thing with radio. You know what I mean? I go I'll go back and listen to other shows. You know, I'll go back and listen to things I've done. I did a KXL in the beginning. Um, you know, just really bad. Just really bad at interviewing. Really bad at pacing the show mm. to get better. You know, then you might listen a month down the road and be like, oh, I improved on that a little bit. I actually left, you know, I cut my answer down to, you know, one minute instead of a five minute rambling question. Um, so you know how that is. Um, so, it, it, yeah, I, I, I like to get some feedback uh, if I'm getting a laugh or something, which I'm always going for a laugh in my work. Um yeah, it, it, it's nice. It, it's definitely better than the days of old where unless you got a letter to the editor sent in or you got a letter sent to your house saying, hey, I read your article. Um, that's it. That was it. It was there and gone. Yeah, it, it's it's always I've always gotten so much entertainment as I've. I, I've produced a few documentaries at my full-time job for some historical stuff, and um, I, I feel like an evil person because I go, I was like, if I made them cry, I succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, oh, yeah. I want to get a reaction of some sort. I want them to laugh at, at the silliness that maybe some old alumni told some ridiculous story and then talking about the this, old, this professor that passed away that was so important. If people are crying as, as some as, – with an artistic output, you want that emotion. You may, oh, yeah. you, you may like, okay, I, I, I'm sad to see them cry, but I want to, like, it drove the emotion through that I was trying to get. Right. You know, a, a great, a good example of that. My first book notes from the last breath farm. I was doing a reading down in Manchester and the mayor of Manchester, Joyce Craig, she showed up. She was sitting there. And at the end I read my heaviest piece and she is in tears you know what i mean and i'm like nice you know what i mean that is a win and every time i see her i remind her i made you cry miss mayor um you know uh so yeah you you, you know you if you're making somebody cry or if you're making someone laugh uh or even think you know what i mean mm. if you even think for the briefest of moments then you did your job you know like yeah. i've been thinking about you did that um homeland security um podcast a couple weeks ago i've been thinking about that podcast for a couple weeks aj and like i was talking to my brother mike about you and i'm like boy aj's good man he's you know i'm about it you know i'm just saying not saying you've always been good but you're even better than you were before i appreciate it and it's we, we both met you and he had before. about as much answers as uh 
as the guy uh, down at um, uh, Cavs Tavern uh, <laughs> running up a for Bud Light, which is okay because what is the answer to nuclear war? Nobody has it. Exactly. Exactly. You got you got some some sort of hopes and dreams that okay, if this happens, we're gonna do this, but you, you never really know. And there there's so much in life, and it's been really interesting with this show to get so many different people like i get like, like i have my own political beliefs we've talked about my political beliefs before here on yeah, the show and separate and like i'm a conservative libertarian type like i yep. but i don't have a party i really affiliate with and i feel like that helps uh i feel right. like it's been said and you're very open on your show too like there's musicians have a broad range of political beliefs and i feel like the best the best i said this a long time ago on facebook i feel like the best artists are either crazy super socialist progressive types or they're far out libertarians yeah they either like leave me entirely alone so i could do my own thing or they're all about making everyone uh come together as a community and it's this this balance that really bring makes the world interesting yeah i like the artists that don't leave politics out of it uh, out of their music i mean you got everything's politics we like we hang our hat on politics like it's got to be the most important thing in the world it's just the media is just everything's politics i mean you know, animals, animals, they've done. The media has dominated our life. It is it has sucked us down this filthy, filthy hole where the most important thing is these these politicians, you know what I mean? And the decisions they make. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> well, that's, it's important. I mean, a big a big theme I keep bringing back on the show is the difference between politics and policy are long forgotten by so many people. And, yeah. Um, the re- the reason why I like speaking with lawyers and working with lawyers in my full time job is you're talking about policy a majority of the time and specifically what things need to happen to make this other thing happen and where are the implications if that thing happens or doesn't happen. Right. Whatever not- happened to talk about policy? There isn't. All it is is digging up dirt on somebody. Remember back, you know, not even long ago before before uh, Trump, you know. You'd hear things that the biggest fights would be about bridges or roads or uh, Medicare. Do you ever hear about Medicare anymore? Yeah. Do you ever hear about Medicaid, bridges, roads, nothing, health care, nothing. All we hear about is Trump, Biden and, you know, the committee. That's it. And then we have to look at the faces of the pundits and uh, I don't know. It's a it's a narrative. You you can have one or two narratives at a time, and if you don't follow along with it, it's so hard for um, the internet world to find it because it ends up yeah. getting hidden. And and then the that's everything's so corporate that if you're not following along with what the, your corporation is telling you to do, you're just getting dumped off. You're just like you're going off on your own. And there's some. It's led to some great shows being independent, fortunately. Um, I brought it up before, but like Breaking Points is amazing if you're interested in policy and politics from a nonpartisan perspective. Because it's got a progressive and a conservative hosting the same show that used to be over the hill and went independent. Um, And I think Rising's a little sketchy now. I've listened to a few clips of the woman that runs that show, and I'm like, I don't know what she's doing over there, but Breaking Points is awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, but. The other thing, you know, what's going on, politics, although there are some good things and eye-opening things, like with you, this whole Ukraine, I knew mm. nothing about Zelensky. I also didn't live in, neither did you uh, live in the era of Ike. 
and Patton and um, um, those great generals of the day, right? We're getting to see what a great leader is because, mm-hmm. my God, um, if we had leaders like Zelensky in this country, and I'm talking about both sides, mm-hmm. um, where would our president be? Uh, would he be sitting at the White House like Zelensky is? No, no, no. It'd be long gone. Um, so it should, you know, if we can get some senators or some congressmen that have half, half of the balls, half of the integrity that a guy like Zelensky has in this country, we could get back on, back on track. Yeah, the, it's the parties have both been taken over, have completely taken over, just in general. That it's it's a, once again it's a corporate feel to how the two parties operate, and they can't seem to deal with the fact there may be more than one figurehead of the party. Uh, like Tulsi Gabbard got just pushed aside, Andrew Yang got pushed aside. Um, Who you- is Tulsi? I hear about. Here's another person that you just throw her in. She she she's like what. Greatest of all. Who the hell is she? She was a soldier. Fantastic. I love that. What else? Yeah. What and else? We never heard about it. We never heard about it. We talked about it here on KXL. Chris did it. Chris did not. Chris Ryan did not agree with much of what Tulsi Gabbard was throwing out there, generally speaking. But she had a lot of grassroots support that didn't go anywhere. If Bern, how many decades did Bernie have to be in in the game before anyone took him really seriously on the national level? Well, it's not even it's not I don't even know if it's on the national level, isn't it? Within his party. Yeah. I mean, it's like within your family. You can be the most the most uh, in your family, the most uh, well-read, smartest, obviously the biggest leader. But if you're not the most popular or. He had no chance. It was against his party, not the nation. Yeah. Yeah, it's a popularity contest that you first need to win within the party through the primary and caucus system, and then you need to then take it to the next level and have a popularity contest at the national level. And as much heat as Joe Rogan has gotten in recent news, I mean, he's he's got an interesting perspective. Like, maybe it should be council on the executive branch or something like that. That's like an interesting thing that New Hampshire does, where we, we have the executive council and we have the government, and they work in the same branch. So the, the popularity contest winner that is the governor doesn't have all the power, and it, but I mean, talking considerable constitutional changes to have anything like that, which makes everyone on the ground feel powerless to really change anything. Yeah, but again, I mean, you brought up Rogan. I mean, we make idols now out of these guys. Yeah. I mean, we make idols. Joe Rogan, you know, just like Trump, and I like Joe Rogan. Uh, you know, he was a B-level comedian. He was a B-level fighter. Um, yeah, very popular uh, uh, podcast, but. Again, we make idols like Joe Rogan's no, 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 no worse or no better than any of us. He runs. Yeah, a he says good it podcast. himself too. I mean, that's the big difference with Rogan is he outright says like, "I'm just bringing in people to talk about, and I have my own perspective. Here's my perspective. Do with it what you may." And, yeah. and we're getting. I'm just going to talk to anyone I can get a hold of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, you know, he, he's done some good. You know, he's done. Is he the best interviewer out there? I don't think so. I think you do. You conduct just as good as an interview as him. You know what I mean? And, but going then fighting back on once you said about Zelensky, the the polar opposite side of it is you have this very this this strong leader type who's also going around the world saying, uh, "Give us a no fly zone," <laughs> which, right, which right. means no True. one understands the other side of it and trying to give more direct arm support. It's very yep. international politics is so messy. 
Yeah, it's like, well, you know, if if uh, I'd be begging for no fly zone soon because you know if my if my state was getting pummeled mm-hmm. by bombs and stuff, somebody help us out. But of course, he's not thinking the big picture. Yeah, we give you that, and then all of a sudden, the world is over, buddy. Because. But then again, I don't know about these nuclear bombs in Russia. If they're up, up, operate anything like his army, maybe they just pop out of the gate. And just go, hey, who forgot to open the latch? You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm a little less worried. A little bit, though. Just a little. Just a little tiny. Just a little. <laughs> I'm very concerned about ter- being turned into a grilled cheese sandwich, though. I got to be honest. Nobody else wants to talk about it, but trust me. You know, Rogan, Trump, the committee... How great your abs look, how tight your ass is, that won't mean anything. How many likes you got on Facebook. We get that. Our phone goes off and we say, oh, boy, take cover. It's over, folks. All right. We're at the end of the segment here. We're going to keep you for another quick segment. But uh, give the quick plug where everyone can uh, check out all your work. All right. You can go to uh, uh, Granite State of Mind Friday nights down at W. WMNH 95.3 FM at 6 o'clock. We're there. Go to my Facebook page, Rob Azevedo, A-Z-E-V-E-D-O. Um, post all my writings, Manchester Ink Link. Check out the Conkin Monitor every few Sundays or so. I always post and um, sending stuff to Steve uh, there. And um, I don't know where else. And I'm sitting in my barn here, which I named uh, Pembroke City Limits. Uh, up here in Pembroke, so come on by and see me. We have a good time here. You're listening to the New England Take at WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kirsted. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the New England Take and WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kirsted. Be sure to follow New England Take on Facebook and Twitter. Continuing my uh, conversation with this last short segment with Rob Azevedo, radio show host, music promoter, writer, and... Uh, of troublemaker in Pembroke, so you have st- you already you, you, you uh, got a barn and you caused problems within six months. Yeah, um, well, you know, one of the reasons I, I thought I was going to die in Manchester, I would have bet my life. I had no intention of moving. Um, we ended up moving into a home up here, beautiful home, beautiful piece of land. But my big thing was this huge barn that uh, I I had been in past. So I'm like, oh, you know, I have so many musician friends. Um, it would be great to have them over, have a gathering, have a you know house party, and have them play. Um, and so I did that a couple times. Uh, and but the city got the road. There was an article in the Concord Monitor that referred to this place as a music venue, which it is certainly not a music venue. We don't sell beer, we don't sell food, we don't sell tickets. It's if you come, it's like any other place. You go to a house party, throw five bucks in the hat, and it goes to the musicians. Uh, but it actually is great for acoustics, and um, I absolutely love it. And I'm sitting in it right now. This is sort of like my little, you know, it's a man cave. It's a real big man cave, though. Um, so I just kind of decorated it sort of like a honky-tonk. Like, what you know, I go to bars all across the country that I really love to go see. So um, I kind of decorate it like a honky-tonk down south. And I love to have my musician friends just come by, uh, um, you know, like we're going to do something in April. Uh, we love Towns Van Zant, a great singer songwriter from Texas. So we're going to do something in the barn and have a gathering, a house party. But let's be clear. This is not a music venue um, uh, of any way they perform. So I have to uh, talk to the great people in this city and say, listen, 
Uh, I am no city slicker trying to come up here and run a speakeasy. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah. I, I think, and I hope we settled it all. That's great. That's good to hear. I mean, it's a real old school thing to to have a have a place that's not not like a restaurant or something. Musicians just hang out, can play a bit. Um, Sit down. Bring your own six pack of beer. Uh, I don't, you know, and that's all it is. I love it. And the best thing about it is when the night is over, I just walk through that room and I'm home. That door and I'm home. No Uber for Rob no more. <laughs> no more Uber from Manchester, although I've made that mistake a few times. That's a lot cheaper, a lot, a lot more expensive to get home from Manchester than it used to be. So about two minutes left here. I mean, what's next for Rob Azevedo? Yeah, um... Man, I tell you, this summer, I just want to hang out here. I really just want to have a, a, a chill summer uh, with have a lot of uh, a lot of music in my life. Enjoy the property. Enjoy uh, Pembroke. Uh, me and Dusty Gray, just to let you know, um, he did a show called Strictly Local on um, on KXL as well. And we are joining forces. He's a good friend of mine. And we're doing a thing called Strictly Local with Dusty Gray and Rob Azevedo. And we're going to do it right here, sitting in the barn, a podcast. And we're going to have musicians, uh, business people, beer. Pretty much the same great show that he had at uh, KXL. And I think our first guest is Pat Gochez from Pat in the Hats. Uh, we're going to have Brad Myrick on eventually. I have AJ Kersteed on. Um, and I actually, I was like thinking about Chris Ryan the other day. And I'm like, I would love, uh, I'd love to sit down with that dude and talk to him about um, about his time in locker rooms at the yeah. championship yeah. games, who he's met, like, uh, you know, in the time there, I have no, you know, in the time at KXL, I really didn't know Chris from a hole in the wall. Um, I really want to meet this guy as a person. He talks to everybody. Uh, so I want to talk to him and grill him. So, you know, that would be, that'd be a good get. That's awesome. I'd like more than happy to join you, and I'm excited to go down there this I summer. I want you to do sure. one. You, you should do one of your shows here this summer, pal. Oh yeah, totally will. Totally yeah. well. Rob Azevedo, thank you so much for joining me this week. I, I appreciate love you, it so thank much. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor, and keep up the great work. And tell, uh, tell Isaac he looks great. Will do. Thank Say you hi so to much. the wife for me, too. Will do. This is the New England Take in WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kearsed. We'll be back next week.